0: Hello, and welcome to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, The Podcast, where we show amazing women how to attract the perfect partner for them by embracing and showcasing their authenticity. Hello, everyone. Hi, it's Jen and Amy. What's up? So I tend to say our names. I like how Jen and Amy sounds better than Amy and Jen. Yeah, I mean... Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. But, <laughs> but depending on where we're sitting, I feel like I have to say whose ever name is like in my vision, like okay. in reading direction.
1: Jen, saying, maybe,
0: oh, doesn't I get that it. maybe sound better? There's maybe because it's one syllable. I don't know. Well, Jen is one syllable no matter where you put it. But maybe the one syllables should go first. Jen and Amy. Amy and Jen. I don't know. Put your votes in, ladies. <laughs> Amy and Jen better or Jen and Amy? Very, very, yeah. important, very important topic. Very to just... important. Um, so we're going to hop right in and talk about season two, episode four, four. of Netflix, soon to be classic. Classic. What, are we, what do we call it? A kriller. Comedy thriller. Yeah. 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 Kriller. You. Not me, Comler. Is that what we called it, Comler? Comedy Comler. I don't know. Calm. Every week we'll call it something different. <laughs> okay, that's fine with me. It's a Comler, um, comedy, lur, comedy, lure.
1: <laughs> so this the- was the first one that was new for me.
0: Oh, exciting! Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I've seen, as I've mentioned before guys, I've seen the whole season and I promise that there will be no spoilers towards Jen. I'm excited now that she's in like, kind of like fresh territory and we're reviewing it together. Um, So one of the big questions that I posted in the group tonight was this idea that we get in this episode, um, we get a lot more of Love's relationship with 40, her brother. Is it like 40, like the number? That's what I write. I don't know, what would it be? When it comes up, I have closed caption on when I'm reviewing it. Yeah. Um, and it says, I think it says 40, F-O-R-T-Y.
1: Huh, okay. It's easy wow. to write my notes because I just write the number,
0: but. interesting, e- like why did he get named 40? She gets named Love and he gets 40? Like the name of a large beer.
1: They're both terrible
0: names. But love, you kind of get this. At least they might be like this hippie, hippie, hippie. love. Yes. They love her. She is love. She's the essence of love. And then her twin brother's name is forty. Now that's not like naming somebody like amaze Like Jesus and Satan aren't aren't those both tennis scores? Oh, maybe. Like, can't you have a tennis card? Ooh, Jackie. Yes. love 40. I bet that's
1: what it is. I bet you're right. I don't play tennis. So we need someone to comment and tell us, like, what that would mean. Like, love 40 or 40. Love means
0: zero. Yeah. So So love is actually crappier than 40. Yeah. Why is love zero? Because it's French. Hold on. Tennis. It's L-U-V. Oh, it is? Yeah. 40. Meaning. I know um, someone I
1: text and ask, but I'm sure Google is just as good.
0: If it's zero, zero, it's love, love. The game goes up to 40. So you win with 40. Oh, mm, that was really good. Oh, you season two, love and 40's names explained. Ooh, I looked up tennis and it came up. Yes. yeah tell us. well, it's a secret is there meaning a what? Is it I don't know. Let's see. I'll tell you if there's a spoiler, I won't read it. Okay. um, they're not as random okay, hello, there's a secret meaning behind love and forties names on you. They're not as random as they seem. Well, you might currently be watching season two, blah, blah blah. Um, see of forty Love and forty are tennis terms. Basically, the scoring for tennis is super wonky. Each player starts with zero, but they call it love. So if you score zero, zero, it's love, love. The game only goes up to 40. Hence, love and 40 as names for the two kiddos. They're like, it's
1: One's the beginning and one
0: is the end. Right. It would make sense. While it's not clear which twin is older, it would make sense that it was love because she's the beginning of the game and 40 scores at the end of the game. It's pure speculation though. Um, that's crap. That's still crappy names. I'd rather her be love. I
1: don't actually think the reference is that
0: great. Like the one thing that makes me think of is that they, their parents are like into like country club tennis play. Yeah. Like a, It's like a waspy reference. They also Ospy's feel insulting. That's not what I mean by it, but the kind of like privileged white. Uh, they, they feel
1: hippy dippy though too because
0: yeah, in a white privileged yeah way. All yeah. her friends too. He talks about it also how her friends, you know, talk about being enlightened. Like they talk about oh. things that they're enlightened with by deny, but deny that their privilege allows them to be so enlightened.
1: Right. I was just about to say that. And I feel like the, the brunch scene, we'll talk about that more.
0: Yes. Okay. The, so.
1: Which was annoying. All
0: okay. right. So it's. It starts- more 40. Um, now I'm looking up why it's called love. It arose from the French word for egg, loof, because a zero resembles an egg. That's why love in tennis is zero. Can't
1: make a baby without the egg.
0: (laughs) That is true. Um, Okay. So there's a lot in this episode with like expectations that love has and expectations that Joe puts on himself in regards to what his relationship is supposed to be with 40. Yeah. And that's where that just general question of how, do you think that you are responsible to build a sh- strong relationship with your significant other's family and vice versa? So this is a little off topic, but it was the general question. So Jen, what do you think? Um, I think there is a, an
1: expectation to make a very sincere attempt to get along. Like I think it should start from a place of I I really want us to meld with our own families and make it all work. Because not having that in a relationship, if you if if there are struggles with the the person's potential in-laws, like it's just gonna create so many issues down the road. So I think sincere attempts um are are necessary, but then you know, I. It's very situational. Like in this particular episode, I feel like they treat forty like their child, and there's yeah. no reason for him to be treated that way. He is an adult.
0: Well, love treats Joe like a child as well.
1: Love treats Joe like a child.
0: Yes. Oh, what I think. Talk to us about that. So going, well, with the 40 thing, I or with the family thing, I agree. I think a definite attempt is is important, but I think this is like way too much, way too soon as far as expectations. Yeah, I agree. And we definitely see that because they're so enmeshed in each other. And Joe can see that from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't reflect on his own, he says, like, everybody has blind spots, like, when she's on the phone with 40. But I'm like, yeah, dude, so do you, like, gaping ones, like, gaping (laughs) blind spots. So he's so quick to, like, judge everybody else, but, like, doesn't really see where he lies in it. Um, so I said, oh, that scene, this is where I said it. Like, um, he says about her, so we, in this, in this episode, we get the split and we get a little bit more of Joe's backstory, right? So we get the mother when he claims his mother is his home in the first episode, I think.
1: Oh, I did not remember that. That's interesting.
0: She says, one day, maybe we'll move here when they're on the boardwalk. And he's like, we'll make this our home. And she said, this is our home because you're my home. And she kind of like is first she says this is our home and she's like what and he goes you are my home and she's like okay she kind of like shakes it off and it's such like a heart-wrenching mo- it was a heart-wrenching moment for me because he was kind of like opening up to her and then she just like then went off and like we realized now after we saw the scene from this episode that she like just picks up guys and like goes and have sex with them them and like leaves joe random places Yeah, You know, so abandons him basically over and over again. And she's the more doting parent of the two of them. So that's what he got. Well, yeah. And then he's like blamed for
1: all of the issues that the mom sort of brings on herself. And then the dad slash stepdad, I don't know yet.
0: The guy. Yeah, the guy um, punishes Joe further. He tortures to Joe to get information out of him, which yeah. is exactly what we see Joe doing. Yeah. Joe tortures a couple, like he tortures um, Henderson this episode. Mm-hmm. So we see that repetition. But basically there's, so he says, um, so we get the, the backstory where we have, Joe's backstory is the how we open up. And then he wakes up and he talks about what dreams are, that dreams are like your unconscious soul or something. And he says, Dr. Nikki would say, I have unprocessed feelings about how my parents did not take very good care of me, but you do in so many ways about love. He says, yeah. make me kinder. And I wrote, can someone make you kinder? I mean, I don't know. I feel like that, that might be, I don't know. Like you, I think that, I don't know. You make me feel good, so good. I forget whatever darkness rises in my sleep and feel good, so good. I said he's not processing anything, he's masking it. So here he has a lot of stuff to peel through, but, like, he feels good. Like, she could be a bottle of gin. He just feels good around her, so he wants more of that. And that's not really what making yourself ready for a relationship is, just masking it with good feelings.
1: But he also doesn't totally feel good around her because we have scenes in this particular episode where, like, he sort of does put her on the back burner, like, when he tells 40, just like, oh, just go to Austin or whatever, or like, pitch it, not thinking about her
0: and not really thinking long term because he's so desperate to get to Hendy's house. That like Right. But ironically, he then says, not ironically, but he rationalizes it by saying, I have to save Ellie because that's what you would want me to do. That would make me the man that you want me to be if I did that. So he kind of, again, like never really admits what his motivation is. It's all rationalizations. But after he says the thing, like you make me feel kinder, this is where I'm getting back to where I wrote the she's 40s mother. I wrote she's 40s mother. She's Joe's mother. Wounded puppy magnet much? (laughs) Yes, because it's all about like,
1: you're my home and I have to do whatever makes you happy.
0: And she has 40 and their tragic story. So she's the magnet. She's like Joe's another wounded puppy for her, you know? So she, that's, I'm right before that is the scene where she's jerking Joe off. Did I split that? Jerking off Joe, Jerking off Joe. I saw. No, I was like, what's me?" <laughs> t- when she's on the guy. phone. She's on the phone with 40. Yeah, That yeah. was so disturbing, that scene. Yeah, I found that, like, I was, like, not needed. Well, no, but it's like, how do you, but, but I, but what it shows is how a mess she is. Like, there's something very telling about that scene, and it's like, how do you get, I don't think I could get aroused while talking on the phone with my brother.
1: I guess that's what I mean. Like, either I do not need to be doing this or I do not need to be doing this.
0: Right. But the fact that she's doing both.
1: She can do both. Very
0: telling for her character. Yeah. Really how a mesh. Like, there's some incestual stuff going on there. And Joe was, like, fine with it. Yeah. He, like, potentially (laughs) liked it. Well, he has no bound, like there's no boundaries. There. Like, there's, nobody has any, and he says that, like we, that's what he says later on in the seat, in the, in the episode, what, what happened? Kona.
1: <laughs> My dog has her bone and it's kind of loud, but I think she just switched to another one. So we might be okay. Sorry if you hear loud, loud bang in a minute.
0: Hi, guys. It's Amy. It's time for a sponsor break. We'll be back very, very shortly. See you then. So that's where I guess I'm saying that she's the mother. Like, part of She cooks for people. There's a very, like, maternal, taking care of you kind of thing. She cuts 40's hair. Like, there's stuff that's just, like, very... And and you're right, I hadn't
1: put all of that together to be like, oh, she's the mom, but I had like I wrote down they're they're basically like enslaved to Forty and that he is like their child. Um I said Forty manipulates them. And then but but you're right, there's like and and isn't she cutting
0: Forty's hair like at Will's place? Yeah, he, he Later on in the episode, he's having another dream, and he wakes up to her talking to another guy. And it was a dream about her, his mother being with another guy, and it's her with forty in the living room cutting his hair. Which okay, which goes back to what you're saying that that love is his mother because
1: he's like almost dreaming it in a sense too.
0: That yeah, subconsciously
1: appears,
0: he yeah. Right, he's like, why are these dreams coming up? And the dreams are coming up when their relationship is building. Like right. that's when we start to see an an improve, like a increase of those dreams from his childhood. Is going to be with love more.
1: So I'm curious to see if, like, as the show
0: develops,
1: how this ma- maternal sort of role she plays changes. Like, is Joe going to eventually like? Take revenge on her like he did Beck because he's angry with his own mother for the way that that she treated him, or is or is love gonna become like a smothering type? And sort of play yeah. that
0: I am mean, a
1: fault. Yeah, I know. And a mine too. Um
0: I am a Well, but I love you trying to figure it out because it's something that, like, I'm not, I don't have to do. Now I'm like watching it a second time. So I'm noticing things that I didn't notice the first time. But yeah, I also have to be careful how much I reveal what I see. Yeah. Because, you're
1: definitely picking up on more than like I did in my one view. Right. Which is good. You're making me, the things you're saying make me enjoy this show a little bit more. Well, um, you're welcome.
0: Um, <laughs> so then the other thing is that we have, it's, so then Love finds, um, Joe's, is looking through Joe's telescope. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. She's she's like, like oh, gosh, my house. Right. He's, she's like, I didn't peg you as an outer space guy. And he's like, it came with the apartment. And we're all like, lie. And then she's like, yeah, you can see my house from here. And he's like, all the better to spy on you with. And you see her like jump, but then she like smiles, like. I thought that was interesting in the sense that, like, be listen to what. Listen to what's your instincts are telling. She basically just calls him out, and he agrees with her. And then it's like, ah, that's so crazy for me to actually imagine having happened. Yeah, I just like I where my
1: head always goes is just all the um the onslaught of red flags, right? (laughs) (laughs) You got a telescope with the apartment and you didn't put it on Facebook Marketplace?
0: What? Like, you yeah. didn't have any social media until like two days ago. That's true. But like, telescopes are expensive. And if it's not your thing, like, get rid of it. And then,
1: I mean, I just have to go back to this because it's such a good example in the same, like, line. Like, this is a dude who's obsessed with books. And his bookshelves are, are shelves, shelves. ...are empty. Are they? They
0: were in the last episode. Like, what? Uh, Yeah, where are his books? Did he not travel with them? I don't I wonder if that's a staging issue. Like, that to me would have been, like, red flag number one. Well, where are they? They're in the storage facility with the real Will, who's not even the real Will. He's a fake real Will. And there are books there. Well, he does. Well, that was the box the reason for the glass cage to begin with, right? It was to keep the integrity of the book. Right. Um,
1: All of the other food items that are product placement for this show. I think there's Gatorade, I'm pretty sure. Like, I've noticed that.
0: Oh, I haven't noticed it. uh, I'll start watching. Things I've noticed. (laughs) Sometimes I get thirsty.
1: And I haven't. Place your freeze, Gatorade.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna start looking. So then Love doesn't, hasn't told, so Love jumps forward so quickly in every area except for letting Forty know about them. She says because it might mess up his sobriety. So that's another like hanging entanglement that she's so wrapped up in like, whether or not she's keeping him sober. Basically, here are all his triggers and we need to make sure that we don't trigger him in any possible way. Cause then, you know, like holding, bearing that responsibility, like. Girl has a lot of baggage is all I'm saying.
1: But also when, when Will tells Forty to go to Austin, like that's, that's relationship ending. Yeah. How Uh, is that a deal breaker for her?
0: Especially because she's like, Oh it's okay, bye, I'm gonna get a photo. Especially because, I mean the whole crux of this would have to rely on whether or not somebody outside would read his screenplay and actually think it's good. I think where his story falls apart is that he thinks his his screenplay is, it's screenplay, right? His screenplay is shit, but sends him to South by Southwest with it. So if, if, if Love were to read it and be like, no, 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 this is not, not only did you like send him off into like debauchery where he could potentially, you know, relapse, but like you also sent him off with like, false hope. Like this is obviously a shitty screenplay, which is what he says in his head. And that's where I feel like his whole rationale breaks down. Like it's not an, he can't play the like, oops, sorry. I just thought it was so good and he should go. Story. Right. Right. Well,
1: and, and he was going to, and then she's like, don't lie to me. And he's it like, really not lie about what you? like, like, just because she said, don't lie to me. He's like, I can't. Like, that was so flimsy, too.
0: But he didn't really tell the truth. He said, he said he wasn't going to lie, but he wasn't like, yeah, I was actually trying to get her, get him away.
1: So and that I was, go so torture. So it's break
0: broken some. <laughs> That's my favorite. Um,
1: if oh, you knew I, the whole story, you'd be a,
0: fine with it. <laughs> this was a great, um, a great episode to cover text relationships if we could do that quickly, because I know we're yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah But like, there are so many interactions. So a text relationship for you guys, it's, uh, it's what the name sounds like. It's when you kind of, when you meet a guy, um, sometimes on an app or whatever it is, but where you have either never or rarely have met him in person. Um, and really you're building this whole kind of intense relationship over text. That's the text relationship. And Jen and I coach that don't do not do that because they're that like comes later. You're
1: a disaster like, like your he can be
0: literally your emotions right and you can he can be literally doing anything like um breaking into someone's house roofing him tying him up in his basement torturing him and then so, killing him Yeah. well he's like hey <laughs> like, right. he could be having dinner with his family that you don't know about while he's like you are so beautiful like You literally know nothing. So there's like this whole part where he's back, where he's like texting her, and I'm like, he's saying he wants to be honest with her, but I'm like, but you, if you were really honest, this is what this text would actually look like, you know? And it was like, hey, I just, I killed someone today. What'd you do? What what were you up to? (laughs) Oops. Um, All all
1: hopes of saving a 15-year-old from sexual assault. So it's,
0: which is so interesting. i fine
1: with it. And Joe's yeah. he's like, this is what you want from me, like you said.
0: It's so interesting that he didn't, well, yeah, I guess he couldn't have not roofied Ellie, because if he didn't roofie Ellie, then she would have been awake when Henderson passed out. So he needed Ellie to- Well, it's like, to. he
1: would have had to throw the drink out, too, because she had some watermelon drink.
0: Right, and he could have, I mean, he could have done something, like, switched a glass or whatever, but I think his his plan wouldn't have worked, because Ellie would have been like, what are you doing?
1: Right, Um, and then she would have known, and then she would have, yeah, 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 you're right.
0: But the the conversation between Henderson and Joe was, Joe, like, he, Henderson. Are the same. Yeah. Henderson's, and Henderson's rationale for him not being a bad guy is the same rationale it's, it's what happens when you, like, rationalize doing not good things. To, you rationalize. Like, they're both rationalizing. He's like, I'm not a bad person. And then he said the thing about, like, oh, I got molested when I was younger, Henderson. And that bothered me a little bit. I, it was an interesting response that I had because it's, it's going to be a weird response, per, perhaps. But, like, not everyone who gets molested molests other people. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of media coverage of like, that's what happens if you do. And there are a lot of people who are victims and never go off and molest other people. I feel like it gives a weird storyline to what will happen, what you're inevitably will happen when if you get molested. And I know that there's some traction and I know with boys specifically, because they don't, well, girls don't talk about it either, but like. I don't know, I I just, I thought it it hit me in this weird way that he was like, that not, not that he said it, but that that's the, all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, the media does portray it this way, you know? The show
1: is, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's sort of an easy out for the show because now they want us to feel some modicum of sympathy for him. And that is not necessarily, one does not equate to the other. One does not equal the other. Just because something happened to you as a child does not mean you will succumb to doing the same behavior to someone else.
0: Right. Again, I think that, I mean, we are supposed to see it somewhat as a rationale because you, if you, you could have, it's like with cheating, okay? You can be married to somebody for a long time or with somebody for a long time and go out and have something going on in your marriage, like a a hard spot or whatever, a rough patch. And you can go out and see somebody who is kind of attractive to you and kind of feel a little bit vulnerable. And all those things can be happening. And at the end of the day, you can still choose. You're still choosing to cheat or to not. Right. Nobody like slips in like you don't slip around somebody's penis, vice versa. Like the penis isn't like, it doesn't just like, whoops, we're there. Oops. You know? It's a decision. And I feel like it's, yes, do we understand our motivations? Not necessarily all the time. Do we have desires that are triggered by things that happened when we were younger? Perhaps. Yes. I, or yes, a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's the tenant of like a lot of what we're, we're saying here. And there's still some elements I'm not saying that everybody has the choice. I'm not judging. I'm not even judging Henderson for what he did. I'm, um, I'm, kind of making the same way we dig in and and talk about how movies make comments that make us, um, have to question where we start getting things in our head, like like oh, if you act a certain way, then boys will like you, kind of thing. I feel like this is a message that I keep hearing that like if you encountered some form of like inappropriate sexual behavior that when you were younger then you're going to do the same thing when you get older. And I'm just saying that that can happen, but it's not a blanket. It doesn't happen to everybody.
1: Right. And it's unfair to, to lump all people who have faced and encountered sexual assault because then it makes those people feel as if they will somehow, someday succumb to that behavior. Or it treats all of them as if they will. And that is not true
0: yeah so i don't even know if what i just said you know that was just what i noticed that happens within me so i'm certainly mm-hmm. not making that blanket statement listen we're all processing stuff and we all have done i've I've done stuff in my in my like in my growing up and figuring out all like who i am that i like look back and i'm like oh okay well i wouldn't do that now right because i've learned from it
1: no I, you're saying like i'm noticing that movies and TV shows seem to always portray the same storyline as if that is the only storyline.
0: It's like the way that that it's the way that we have figured out it's the way we've the media has figured out or like TV or movies have figured out how to how to give some sort of depth to somebody who would otherwise be so.
1: Yeah, it makes them more complex and we're supposed to now feel some some you know sympathy or or whatever for them right but it's it it almost feels a little cheap if we start seeing it time and time again
0: yes i agree that ends it on a really somber note so Um, oh, and then we end. So the last thing I'm going to say is I wrote for the first line, 40 walks over and says he met this girl and he's like really excited about her. And I was like, another reason to not fall for love at first sight bullshit. There you go, guys. So 40 walks in and is like, oh my God, I've never felt this way before. So like, woo, you've never felt this way before. It must be an amazing thing. No, no, it's not an amazing thing. It's Joe's ex-girlfriend that's coming to freaking tear shit down.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of excited for her to tear shit
0: down, because shit's annoying to me now. Right, but I'm saying, in ter- 100%, but term, like, in terms, terms of 40 claiming that they are like, that that his feelings, the feelings he's feeling right now are telling him something because he just has this like connection. She's done her research. She knew who 40 was before he walked up there. Yeah. Like, in this day and age, when we're meeting people online, it is more the reason to not trust your instincts and to really kind of slow down. Because you don't know what research he, he did about you or what lines he's feeding you, you don't know any of that stuff. Like It takes more than an initial instinct to really yes. understand whether the guy who's sitting in front of you is real and really somebody who is genuine and who you really want to be spending your time with. Yes.
1: And pay attention to the red flags. Are his bookcases empty? Why? Why does he have a telescope from the previous apartment owner? Looking
0: at your apartment. Yes. Yes. Hmm. Why does he say
1: things to your brother that might cause him to relapse?
0: Why is he okay with you cutting your brother's hair in his apartment when you guys have been dating for a week? When
1: he's been sleeping. So weird.
0: Why does she want to talk? Why does your girlfriend want to talk on the phone with their brother while jerking you off?
1: They're perfect for each other, actually. Continue on YouTube.
0: Thank you for listening to Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle, the podcast. Can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Successful Single Female. Check out our website at www.successfulsinglefemale.com or check us out on YouTube at Successful, Single, and Not Willing to Settle. Have a wonderful day and don't forget to not settle.